0: Are pronouns really that important? Like, let's actually take a step back and see whether they actually matter. Like, yeah, sure, personhood and whatnot, but I also need to know that, like, I have the right to exist.
1: Are you saying that pronouns are irrelevant?
0: I mean, the discourse might be. So let's get into it.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Clarity, a podcast series designed to create a safe space for conversations and reflections. I'm your host, Janvi Gurja, a curious people observer, an executive coach and co-founder of Vital Science Advisory. Commemorating the Pride Month, my guest today is a vibrant personality with multiple skills. Not only is he a professional makeup artist, but this Gen Z individual is a student pursuing his undergraduate degree in business and Spanish at the prestigious King's College in London. He graduated from Bangalore International School and was awarded Student of the Year for four consecutive years for excellence in both academics and extracurricular activities. A natural leader, a person with extraordinary thoughts, and a very strong advocate of the LGBTQ community, I have with me Indranil Mehdi. Welcome to Clarity, Indranil.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Fantastic. So, Indranil, without any time being wasted, let me ask you this first question. You made a very controversial opening saying pronouns are irrelevant.
0: Mm. What
1: do you mean by that?
0: Let me rephrase on that. I would say the discourse around it is rather redundant because at the end of the day, when I look at it, everyone deserves their personhood. Mm -hmm. And how do we give a person that? Through language and communication. That's how we build relationships. And pronouns are just a part of it. So respecting them is very simple. It's not a topic that needs to be blown out of proportion and spoken about over and over again. Mm -hmm. Because what I notice within the media is, especially in the far-right conservative media channels, is that, oh, when it comes to the LGBT, all we can talk about is pronoun usage about how disrespected people feel oh misgendering is a thing yes it is a thing Mm -hmm. but also is that the forefront issue of the LGBT or are we not going to talk about how people in same-sex relationships cannot adopt children or how we're not allowed to be married or how our treatment within for example the judicial system is Mm going to be biased there are certain elements to our existence where we are not protected as any other individual who isn't a homosexual or a part of the LGBT is.
1: And you feel that the tip of the iceberg really is about people being nice by just gendering or just clustering and saying, "Okay, it is, you know, he, him, she, her, they, them. So these kind of pairings, you feel, are just cosmetic and really don't actually represent what the real issue is. Is that right?
0: I think it... So they are important. I would say they're important in terms of communicating with one another. For example, Janvi ma'am, you go by... I'm just she and her. Exactly. So to respect your person, her, to respect your identity, Mm -hmm. I would use she, her pronoun. Yes. Correct? But if I was to be like oh yeah that's not important i can just look at her and tell she's a woman absolutely but if you want to identify as Mm non-binary and you go by they them Mm -hmm. i would ask you your pronouns and Mm -hmm. then we just leave it at that it doesn't have to be an issue that's deep it doesn't have to be an issue that is pushed to the forefront
1: where do you see this being an issue
0: twitter i think like platforms such as twitter and instagram where we see discourses on pronouns and misgendering they are very prevalent issues within our community and yes they should be talked about Mm -hmm. but we also need to advocate for our rights i don't see that happen
1: and what would these rights be
0: the ability to adopt like when i grow up i want to have like four kids okay but if i don't have the ability to adopt with my partner if he were to be a man Mm -hmm. What options am I left with? Then when it comes to voting for political parties, who is Mm -hmm. supporting my existence? Who's going to make sure that, okay, my existence is not criminalized? Mm -hmm. Because let's not forget, it was only in 2018 that Section 377 came down. Yes. So we're just at the starting point.
1: I I hear you, Indranil. And I'd also like to tell our listeners over here that Indranil Mehdi identifies himself as he, they. All right. So at first I was a little confused and I wanted to ask Indranil, what does this mean? And then when he explained it to me, I realized this is just as simple as any other extension of our names, like an initial to our names or like a last name or a middle name actually makes no difference to the person who is behind that name. Okay. so my first thing here is that Indranil, I am sorry. And when I say sorry, I am sorry for The millions of us who misunderstand and who misgender and who jump into very quick conclusions without actually realizing okay, the impact it would have on people who say, okay, I like the color red, I like the color blue. It's as simple as preferences in color.
0: Precisely. Thank you so much for saying that. So now when we take a look at the issue at hand, Mm -hmm. and when we take a step back and when we realize that it's that simple, Mm -hmm. does this need to be something that's blown out of proportion? Not at all. Do we need a cis-hat alpha man to tell me that, oh, you're a man, you should be a man, your pronouns are he, him, I don't care about pronouns? Like, is it that deep?
1: I don't think there's need for drama there. Exactly. Okay, this is, so listeners, simple. Here, everyone is a person. Let's treat them as individuals. Let's respect them for the individuality that they bring and not rush into the heuristic of wanting to stereotype them. Tall Mm -hmm. woman, short man, you know, uh, gay couple, straight couple. Let's not get into this need to stereotype people because I think what that does is it takes us away from the real essence of what everybody can bring to the table to work together towards a common goal.
0: Correct. Because how do we form... Complete unions. By being complete people.
1: Totally. And here you have, Indranil, one of the things, you know, um, that kind of caught my attention is your, you know, deep-seated desire to use makeup as a form of expression. Mm -hmm. Okay? Tell us and tell our listeners a little more about how does this represent you?
0: Okay. So when it comes to makeup, I have always... Loved playing around with my features and changing it up. Mm-hmm. Add a little concealer to the un- underneath of your eyes and your under eye, and then boom, like all of a sudden your bags are gone, mm-hmm. your face is looking lifted, you're mm-hmm. looking contoured, your mm-hmm. waist is looking skinty. Like it's all about elevating who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to makeup, a lot of people think that oh, you're just masking something. But let's not forget that people build their confidence through how they present themselves. And makeup is just a tool that helps us enhance what we already have. It doesn't cover anything.
1: I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with you. Especially, I think what makeup does to me, and like you said, a little concealer, a little eyeliner, a little tint of lipstick, what it does to me is it makes me feel like I'm in roll. I am up, I'm, my feet are feeling a lot more uh, stronger, and I'm feeling the spring in my step.
0: It gives you that little pep in your step.
1: Totally. Totally. And this is what it does to me. And I don't feel that I have to explain to anybody why am I looking dressed up. I think it should just be like I wear clean clothes. I want to look clean. I want to look well groomed. So so on that note, Indranil, do you think makeup's only the priority of women or have you seen this expanding and extending into, you know, the male grooming kit as well?
0: I feel like when it comes to the male grooming kit Mm -hmm. so many products are targeted towards men Mm -hmm. like if you take a look at how products are marketed to men Mm -hmm. they sell you concepts like with women's products they're like okay yeah you know like a little strawberry lime kiwi Mm -hmm. deodorant like you know that there's some fruit salad going on in there (laughs) like OMG me fruit salad (laughs) but when it comes to men you're sold products like ocean breeze what is that? like how is that strengthening masculinity?
1: I think it's about fruit is women and ocean is man and and it's just the, the genders again the binaries
0: with women you're sold like a proper like product or mm-hmm. something like within your product you know the items that are in it mm-hmm. with men's products it's like this heavily Dioswavage scented mm-hmm. cream is what you're gonna have to use on your face mm-hmm. let's not forget men if you're listening if it's scented don't put it on your face let's start there because you're gonna break out <laughs> <laughs> I've seen those acne acne scars, and like, let's be real that your Swavaj is not helping. Put that aside.
1: <laughs> so, so you know, um, Indranil, that brings me to another question here, and uh, here this question is really about you have always been a brilliant academic. Um, you know, brilliant academic student. You are studying at the King's College in London and you are taking a double major, okay? So Indranil has been studying business and Spanish alongside pursuing his skills in professional makeup, okay? Mm-hmm. So now your days, I'm sure, are not easy.
0: Not you at live all. in a
1: very competitive environment with overachievers surrounding you, mm-hmm. okay? How do you juggle and maximize your day?
0: So when it comes to juggling and maximizing my day, it took me a while. My first semester, I was waking up at three or four because we're in that zone of where we want to socialize and build Mm -hmm. these groups and relationships in your first semester in college. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, everyone wants to be someone's friend. We don't know each other and we're just trying to build those links. And of course, we go out, we come home late, we're tired. But I think when I took a step back Mm -hmm. and looked at how my daylight was not being optimized, Mm -hmm. And saw that I'm having lesser and lesser hours in the sun. Mm -hmm. But that's when my mood is at its peak. Mm -hmm. That's when I realized I need to sleep earlier. Mm -hmm. Be up earlier. Get my body up and running. Mm -hmm. And that's what helped me optimize my day. And I do this thing where I time box. Mm -hmm. I don't make to-do lists. Okay. In my opinion, to-do lists are cute. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you know, you can check it once you're done. But when you time box an event, like let's say between one and two, we're going to shoot this podcast. Mm -hmm. One, between 2 and 3, I'm going to have lunch, have a quick iced coffee. And then for 3 o'clock, I'm going to be at this next meeting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I know how my day is going to flow. right? So I'm well prepared. With a to-do list, I have no idea what I need to do in which order and how am I going to give this priority. So time boxing was my biggest way
1: mm-hmm.
0: of achieving the most out of my day.
1: Fabulous. What do you do for fun, Indrani?
0: What do I do for fun? I honestly love learning. So, here's something about me. Mm-hmm. I will have the most random general knowledge about the most niche topics. Okay. I had a friend the other day, she was working on this presentation. Her degree is international relations, mm-hmm. and she was talking about like the OPEC countries, sanctions, Russia, and how it's all, you know, working against the aggregate demand and how inflation's rising. And then I kept giving her, like, suggestions. And I'm like, okay, wait, hold on. I love just learning. Mm -hmm. So what do I do for fun? I go on YouTube and I just sit and watch videos all day long.
1: Okay. If
0: not, I'll do my makeup. If not, I'll sketch. I'll design something. Mm -hmm. And I just find creative outlets for whatever's going on in this brain of mine.
1: (laughs) And and this brain of yours that's constantly working and, and I see a lot of your work that you keep doing. And one of the things that... I want you to share with our listeners is about the essay, mm-hmm. the essay that you wrote recently, and what aspects of your own personality were projected onto that essay.
0: So, the essay that John V. Mam is talking about was my final submission for my gender and sexuality class. And we were exploring The Heptameron by Marguerite de Navarre. And it was a book based in the 16th century. And in this era of literature, mm-hmm. There was a lot of polemical discourse and partisan stances that were taken regarding gender. Are women vicious? Are women virtuous?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What defines them?
1: Quite harsh, isn't it?
0: Exactly. And then looking at Judith Butler's work, Mm -hmm. she had a book called Gender Trouble. I went through it. I did some reading to supplement my essay and really give it some gravitas, if you will. Mm -hmm. And what I learned is that gender is really performative. Sex is anatomical mm-hmm. and sex relates to whether you're male, female, or intersex, where you mm-hmm. fall into these three categories. Mm-hmm. Gender is how you present yourself to the world. And that's also where I struggled a bit when I was reading into her work. Mm-hmm. So Judith Butler says that everything is performative, mm-hmm. that you can be a woman, if, even if you were born as male, please note the terms I'm using, mm-hmm. male as an anatomy, you can perform as a woman that's relating to gender so when it comes to the aspect of performance it all falls into how you dress how you present yourself how you walk how you talk how you um do your hair do your makeup on that day Mm -hmm. and then that helps define what's a woman what's a man but then that's also where I struggle because I'm like In order to not conform to one side, I have to conform to the other. Like, Mm -hmm. this makes no sense because to me, gender is just nothing.
1: So do you feel somewhere in this conformity dance Mm. that um, your freedom to express has been taken away?
0: I think I get to write the rules on how I express myself. And when it comes to freedom of expression... I think I'm always going to break the rules, irrespective.
1: And and how has that journey been for you uh, when you decided to break the rules, when you decided to say, okay, I'm going to dress the way I feel, I'm going to, you know, look the way I want to look, and I'm not going to really necessarily conform to what society says. How was that, you know, received by people close to you in renewal?
0: So I came out when I was 16.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> and I'll tell you all why. It's a little bit of a funny story. But... Before that, I mean, I always worshiped the pop divas, think mm-hmm. Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, Rihanna, Gaga. Mm-hmm. these were my icons, and just looking at what they did with fashion, music, art, and entertainment, I was always inspired. So as a kid, I used to cut up bed sheets and like bring my younger brother there or like mm-hmm. bring my grandma. I'm like, "Wait, stand here, you 're going to be my dress form for the day, and I'm going to like wrap this fabric around you and mm-hmm. I have a vision. And then I, they, none of them ever picked up that, like, mm-hmm. I might have been a little, you know, a little fruit salad, a little fruit punch. Mm-hmm. But, oh, well, now they know. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you can't escape it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so when it came to me coming out to them, mm-hmm. um, I had to, like, sit them down and tell them, like, I hope you realize that a lot of my creative inspiration comes from the opposite side of the binary. It doesn't come from men. I've never related to men in a way where I'm like, I want to be that. Unless yeah. it's Ritik Roshan. His yeah. body insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Literally. Who oh would? my god. That yes. man oh Greek god. He's, he's
1: a Greek God. I agree with you. I absolutely agree.
0: Literally. But I had to sit them down and be like, I you know, I know that y'all want me to be like this businessman in his power suit going for his like 7am alpha coffee run bro Mm -hmm. that's not going to be me Mm -hmm. I'm a creative person I take my biggest inspiration from women even in the spiritual side to me I've always gravitated towards female divine figures Mm -hmm. for example Lakshmi Mm -hmm. goddess Tara it's always been something that's been the opposite and I'm saying this as opposite but as I'm talking to you I'm realizing that no this is what I felt like yeah. that's like the feminine side
1: that's what you were attracted to
0: exactly and that's where I felt seen where I felt heard
1: Wonderful. and then
0: they were they weren't quick to judge they actually sat down and heard me out and I think that's that's a very privileged thing for me well,
1: I like are blessed
0: I really am yeah. like touch wood um, I come from a place where I'm very privileged in terms of For example, class, wealth, acceptance. Because Mm -hmm. there are kids out there who don't have that. And what
1: would you say to them, Andranil? Because there are many kids out there who possibly don't have not just the courage, but don't have the ability to bear the aftermath of that. What would your advice to them be?
0: I honestly am no one to give them advice. If I had to be really honest, because any advice I would give to someone who doesn't have these abilities or privileges that I do. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to sound nonchalant. I'm going to yeah. sound like I'm bigoted and that I, I'm elitist and that mm-hmm. I don't have any perspective of what's the ground reality.
1: So let's step back a little and say, okay, instead of advice, let me use mm-hmm. this word. So if someone out there were contemplating between coming out and sharing with their family what they really are and feel the need to kind of confirm to societal norms, how could they in that transition space... Find a little comfort.
0: You're on the internet. All of us have a smartphone. Your queer icons are on the internet. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Um, before I came out, RuPaul's Drag Race was very important to me. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of uh, gay men would be like, oh, I don't associate with that. That's too femme. But that's who I felt like I was. Mm-hmm. Find someone who you see yourself in. Mm-hmm. There's this drag artist, her name is Shea Coulee. I'm Mm -hmm. one of her biggest fans. Mm -hmm. She's always inspired me. And when I see her perform, when I see her do her makeup, I'm always learning. And that's where I found comfort sitting in my room at 11pm doing my makeup even though I look botched. Like, mm. like let, let's be real. Mm, mm, mm. I look like I need to go to like a plastic surgeons clinic mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was 16 trying okay. to do my makeup. Okay, But...
1: It's improved over the it's years. Improved it's improved sure, for sure. It's brilliant. Thank you. You know, listeners, you should check out Indrinil's, uh Instagram page and you should actually go there. Indranil, you tell them the details of your page you should go there and and see some of the wonderful work he's done on himself it's it's absolutely inspiring and like his mother called him the diva i'm going to repeat indranil truly is a diva get get on his instagram page and check check his um makeup it's divine
0: that's going to be at i n d r a n e a l
1: fantastic (laughs) fantastic so so you know um indranil There's so much that you are sharing right now with me. It's almost like um, it's like a beautiful eye opener for me, you know, and there could be times when people have said something insensitive, mostly stemming out of unawareness. Mm -hmm. Okay, how have you dealt with snide comments or silly jokes or, you know, ridicule that has come your way? And, um, you know, what was the strength or inspiration you had at that point in time Mm -hmm. to hold your own?
0: So there's two sides of it. There's the online aspect, and then there's the in-person aspect. So I took a break from being online, which is why you will see there's not a lot of work out there. There's a little bit there, but a lot of it is coming.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, back when I used to post consistently, I had a few videos that did a few million. There was like one that did three million, one that did two, and then there was one that did like about one and a half or so. And it was a lot of men that were pressed in my comments. Mm-hmm. And the thing about people who come from a place of hate or mm-hmm. unawareness by calling people of the queer community slurs such as the sea slur that's used against trans mm-hmm. people. Um, first of all, thank you for boosting my engagement because Instagram's only going to promote stuff that's being engaged with. So mm-hmm. if you want to be a hater, just hit the not interested button and keep it cute, keep it moving. Mm-hmm. But they fail to understand that they're actually empowering us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're giving us reasons to be shown in the world. Mm-hmm. And when content gets promoted through their hate comments and when you respond to them, they're, again, aggravated. Mm-hmm. Um, our engagement boosts. So we win. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're losing time out of their precious day. Like, you took time to get off whatever you were doing to come into my page and then leave this, like, Mahabharata of an essay that you've written mm-hmm. about why I should not exist. Like, babe, calm down. Koi points say mil rahe. There was this one comment, you know, uh, this like bald man Mm -hmm. was like, he called me like the c Slow. And I was like, I responded back saying, you need to be like your hairline and recede. Get out of my (laughs) comment. You know, and then came like, he was like in my DM sending threats and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And he fails to realize that he was the one who was the aggressor in this case. And he provoked you to being... Precisely. And you were
1: just protecting your interests.
0: People are always so quick to dish it out, mm-hmm. so I keep it cute, I keep it moving because I've known that like if I want to be seen, I need to be, you know, like I need, just need to put this guard up. People are just taking five seconds out of their day to comment. Mm-hmm. It can't affect my 24 hours. I have things to, I have money to make.
1: Yes, and and on that note, Indraniel is like every other regular student. He has part-time jobs. He, he works in a retail store. You know, uh, he, he, he actually is somebody who juggles, you know, last minute deadlines on assignments and, you know, he has to manage with, with, <laughs> with shoestring budgets on campus. So between his social life, his professional life, his hobbies, his interests and demanding professors, he is like any other college kid, you know, struggling with a multiple, you know, multiple and competing demands that keep coming at him one after the other. So Indranil, over here, I remember you and me, we had this chat a little earlier. And uh, before we get into that, I'd like to share with you, you know, strangely so. Um, It's just not the LGBTQ plus community which face these kind of insidious comments or people just trying to be intolerant. But, you know, strangely, diversity started even when, you know, women, women had to justify (laughs) why they need to work. And I've been a strong fan of saying women don't have to have binary choices, family or office, or a profession person. No. I think we can live in a society that is fluid, that allows us to say, okay, today I have an important project, so it's okay if I'm spending a lot more time on that project. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when I go back, and sometime later, there's something at home which needs more attention. I need to get the faucet repaired, or I just need to get my house repainted, or I have, uh, you know, someone unwell at home, and therefore I need to be home. And that's okay. That doesn't make me any less of a professional. But if I have to justify... Hey, if you're looking after children, don't come to work. Or if you're at work, I think you'd be very late to have children. And you know, your biological clock's ticking. And I've heard ridiculous comments like this. Yeah. Hey, I've managed. I've got two boys, 24 and 19. I manage very my intelligent, Very intelligent, very smart, I have, thank successful. You, thank you. And I have... A whole team. We are a team of women. You need
0: a huge team. You do a great job. Like, who says you can't have it all? You You have your cake and eat it too. Speaking of cake, in case you hear some gars, that's my stomach. I'm (laughs) running on a coffee. (laughs) All right.
1: So, you're going to get that caffeine. Just hold for a second. Coming back. So, Indranil, I want to bring over here the highlight Mm. that, you know, There's so much each of us in the organized space, there's so much each of us in our leadership spaces can do to accommodate and not accommodate by being patronizing, but really accommodate because this is what we need. The products Mm -hmm. we make needs a wider buyer space. You know, the services we offer requires a diverse range of consumption patterns. Mm -hmm. We can no longer be slotted into a straight jacket consumption mode. So when this is what the world outside requires, why is it we in our homes, in our workspaces, are not being really tolerant enough and not being genuinely accommodating enough to treat everything as normal and allow people to be?
0: Because we hate change. Like, humans as people hate change. Like, if you go on the internet, everyone's like, we need change, we need this, corporate culture needs to change. But, like, no one's willing to make the effort.
1: Tell me, tell me, you're absolutely right and you know it's just that we're also habituated and we're all almost predicting we want certain things the way we expected it to happen and the control freaks in us activates mm-hmm. you know activates and then we're not able to actually bring in the kind of change or accommodate maybe Correct. in retrospect we think about it we come back but sometimes it's too little too late Correct. right so so what is the corporate allyship you would expect in tomorrow's world, in Indranil?
0: So when it comes to corporate allyship, before I get into what I can foresee, um, I would say it's very, very important for corporates to take a stance on political and social issues. For example, women's reproductive rights. Like, bro, you don't play with that. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. poke the bear. Why are we... Like, it should not be an issue in the first place. Right. We need corporates to take a stance on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the and like when it comes to like the LGBT we need people who are like oh no like hashtag gay agenda. no we don't need that we just need to say we see you we hear you we support you and our policies in our offices mm-hmm. support you
1: that's it and without any drama or without having a special week or a special day or a special you know, women's day so all yeah. women get roses women's day all women get makeup. it's like y'all are
0: not women the remaining yeah. 364 yeah. days like what's good bro
1: on it's own it's a self-defeating purpose and I think at some level, it is kind of insulting.
0: We need the celebration. And I agree, like, let's have those days, weeks or months, whatever we have to celebrate. Mm-hmm. But also, let's not, let's keep that energy going through the years. <laughs> so in case y'all hear a little woo-woo, uh, just That's woo Neal, with that's me. That's Indranil, that's manhandling the mic. <laughs> that's the word I'm going to use. Not the only man I'm handling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah when it comes to corporates we just need to see that within their own policies that they are taking a stand for Mm -hmm. whoever is a part of their team Mm -hmm. and like you said the straight jacket method of just like pigeonholing people and Mm -hmm. marketing and advertising and just selling this one product to this one consumer is not sustainable
1: you're a business
0: you want to maximize your profitability how do you do that widen your consumer base how do you do that attract customers of different segments. And that's what we need to see in this allyship.
1: And if I'm going to be making products or, you know, creating solutions for customers from different segments, mm-hmm. I need to have people who represent those segments in my teams. Exactly. It's, it's very difficult to have a singular thought process or mm-hmm. a mono, mono thought process and expect you know, creativity, innovation, problem solving Mm -hmm. that represents other segments of society. It just doesn't work that way.
0: Exactly. Like, John V. Ma'am, you lead a team. You work with consultants and big firms, right? Is your approach the same to all of them?
1: Not at all. And why is that? So, because I believe no two people are alike and no two people receive stimuli in the same way.
0: Exactly. There are so many nuances to our being. That need to be like either played up or Mm -hmm. played down, depending on time and place.
1: Absolutely right. In fact, the death of a goldfish could be overwhelming for one person and the death of a loved one could be something that a person doesn't even share or express and look like nothing happened, it's business as usual. Mm -hmm. So different people have different ways and who are we to judge whether the dosage of grief was right or the dosage of joy was right for somebody?
0: Exactly, because at the end of the day, if you believe in spirituality, which I heavily do, spiritual energies and our faith mm-hmm. how can we rule from a or live from a place of judgment when these emotions can't be conceived in realms that we can't perceive? I think that's the Bang biggest on. question Bang that on. needs and to I be think asked. we
1: should we should hold on that question I'm sure there'll be lots of answers, yeah. which both you and me perhaps in this constricted um you know Realm can't answer, but mm-hmm. we will keep it open, you know, listeners, you know, if you have it. answers. Tell me.
0: No, no, no. I'm saying, mm-hmm. like, to the listeners, mm-hmm. y'all, y'all should think about it.
1: Yes.
0: Is ruling from a place of judgment really the best zone? I mean, I'm no one to talk because, like, I'm a gay man. Let's not forget. Like, bitchiness is, like, ingrained into me. So.
1: <laughs> That's, you know, and, and, and also what I feel is that, yes, you have a lens to view the world. I have mm-hmm. a lens to view the world. But are we actually viewing the world only by our lenses or are we saying, okay, this is my lens but there could be another lens that can view the world mm-hmm. and maybe the other lens has a better perspective, maybe at times I have a better perspective and for me that is tolerance. Yeah, so,
0: the ability to listen.
1: That's it. It's just the ability to listen without judgment. Mm. You know, and it's not easy. It's not easy. It's something that one has to consciously practice and one has to consciously embrace. So I'm going to come come to this part, um, Indranil and ask you this fun question, okay? Um, How is the scene around makeup, okay? Mm -hmm. How is it different in other parts of the world as against India? Mm -hmm. And does makeup actually signify a state of the mind of the society?
0: Okay. So when it comes to... So what we need to understand is makeup is an art form Mm -hmm. at an individual level. Mm -hmm. As a community, we're all just like consumers Mm -hmm. and we are like building these businesses up Mm -hmm. and i think if there are issues we see within the makeup community one is diversity like we live in india let's take a look at the foundation ranges nika has to offer Mm -hmm. on certain uh foundations for example there's like 15 shades Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and all of them are like the same hint of brown with like a little caramel macchiato topped Mm -hmm. off on top like Mm -hmm. that's not enough we have deeper skin tones. We have lighter skin tones. We need to like, have these people seen. Because only then will they ever etch towards picking up that paintbrush mm-hmm. and doing their makeup and creating the little art pieces. And what I think us as consumers need to understand is that economics is at the root of every problem. Mm-hmm. Who we give our money to and is how we empower. Mm-hmm. So if there is a cause that we want to support, our money goes there and we build that cause up Mm -hmm. so we need to look for organizations that are focused on building us up and I think one of my favorite companies to support is um, made by Mitchell by Mama Mitchell he's this UK based Instagram artist Mm -hmm. stunning work and his products are absolutely phenomenal Mm -hmm. and a 10th of his like profits go towards LGBT charities in the UK. Mm-hmm. We need to find businesses that support our causes. And yeah. that is how I feel like the makeup scene needs to become. Because mm-hmm. right now there's not a lot of transparency within which causes are being supported. Mm-hmm. Which businesses are allowing us to be seen. Are we seeing women of all natures there? Are we seeing all LGBT youth? Are we seeing men in makeup? Are we Who are we seeing?
1: Perhaps there's not enough information and know how, also. Oh, you no,
0: there is always information. No,
1: information, when I say information, yeah. I'm saying information that people can actually see in offices, mm-hmm. people can actually yeah. see in schools, okay? Why do we bring offices? Why not in schools? Mm-hmm. Why not in early education? So we mm-hmm. don't even put that out there to help people, you know, to know more. I think when we know more, our resistances, our barriers come down.
0: Exactly. We're only afraid because we don't know enough. Yeah,
1: yeah, and we get defensive because we feel this is all I know and this is the way mm-hmm. it has to be. So, so, which means that, yes, you had choices. You're a creative person. You're very artistic from, you know, the years that I know you and I've seen <laughs> you. You could, have had, you could have picked up any creative form. Why makeup?
0: Yeah. Why makeup? Because I get to just use my face as a canvas. Mm-hmm. I'm an artist and my palette mm-hmm. is like my little paint pot.
1: Oh, listeners, you should come down and you should see. Indranil's got the best cheekbones. He's got these really nice, you know, lifted high cheekbones. Amazing. <laughs> He's got these really nice contours and you should see how beautifully um, you know, I would say that his face is aligned and his strong features perhaps is, you know, a great canvas for his art.
0: Thank you, mom. Yeah, Your genetics you? lucked
1: out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, janvi ma'am. Hmm. That was like so sweet. Yeah, you know,
1: you do have that. You do have that. That's an advantage. Was that something that triggered you, or is just that?
0: Um, I so let me be very hmm. real. Um, it was great, when We were playing basketball, and if you take a look at my nose, there's a little bit of a dip here, hmm. and that's because one of my friends threw a ball on my face, and then like this crevice has been there. Hmm. So for the longest time, I went and told my mom, I'm gonna get a rhinoplasty, hmm. obviously, because like. C- I just liked playing up the (laughs) hyperbole. Okay. But um, then when I learned of makeup and learned that I could contour my nose to make it look smaller, make it look bigger, turn the directions, I was like, bro, this is fun. Mm -hmm. You know, today I want to have like big block eyebrows that like are like little Lego blocks Mm -hmm. on my face. If Mm -hmm. I feel that way, I can do that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Which is why I chose makeup as the art form and outlet that I have. Because I get to just have fun and play around. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't like being restricted. I don't like conforming to one look, which is why you'll see every six months, I'll probably take down all of my looks and restart again because I'll find a new passion. I'll find a new way of presenting myself.
1: So what's next for you on that?
0: Right now, it's been graphic lino. Mm -hmm. I've had a little fun with that, but Mm -hmm. I think I want to go back to eyeshadow and like really work my way in that. So
1: what two colors do you recommend for Indian skin tones and eyeshadow? Okay. That's a, that's a must-have.
0: Oh, my God. A must-have. Purples and golds look mm-hmm. so good on our skin tone. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get a good, like, highlighter for your inner corner, so mm-hmm. that's, like, at the edge of your eye, a gold looks stunning. Now, on white people, silver looks great. But, like, let's, again, not forget their little mayo packets. Mm-hmm. They can't tell us what to wear. So to all the listeners listening, a little gold in the inner eye corner goes a long way. And a little purple eyeshadow, get that royal combo.
1: Fabulous. You know, Indranil, we're coming to the close of the Pride Month, Mm -hmm. okay? And there are several people out there who are voicing the need for acceptance, voicing the need for all of this to be normalized and to just become a part of the big wide world, okay? If there were two, you know, two strong assertions that you'd like to make here or if there were two appeals that you would like to make here, okay what would they be and how can our listeners help you
0: well i think the first message i want to relay using this platform would be that if there is ever a kid out there listening sitting in his room at 11 p.m and experimenting with makeup experimenting with fashion just know that you're my new favorite person (laughs) but just know that like It might be difficult now, but who's to say what's happening in the future? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: There are outcomes we can't control. But what we have the power over is our reactions and what we put out into the universe. So if there's something we believe in, Mm -hmm. even if you don't need a megaphone to go and voice out a purpose. But just by being unabashedly, unapologetically yourself, that's
1: enough. Fabulous. Fabulous. I'm going to you know, use that word just by being unapologetically yourself. That is fabulous, okay? I mean, it is, it's brilliant. And I think just listening to you speak today, a lot of listeners, okay, irrespective of age, irrespective of generation, I think can draw a lot of confidence in being who they are at their innermost level because you know what? To be someone you truly can't identify with It's such a torture. It's such a painful struggle. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anyone deserves that kind of slow death.
0: No one deserves that pain. Because at the end of the day, if you're not given that opportunity to live freely, you'll never know who you are. And you'll live with, like, regret till the day you die, till that last breath.
1: And I think at some level, all of us in society are somewhere guilty of contributing to that. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Indraniel. Thank you really, really so much for coming out here and voicing your thoughts, your opinions, sharing your experiences with us and our listeners, I'm humbled and I'm really grateful. And I wish you the very best in your journey forward. And in whatever way, whatever way you think, you know, you can be helped or in whatever way you think we can be helped to heal as a society, feel free to let us know and we're on board with you.
0: And thank you so much, John V, ma'am. And also, by the way, guys, this is a good example of allyship. John Wimam's utilising her platform to bring out stories from different walks of life. And I think this was like a great example. And I'm so humbled and so grateful to have a place where I can have a conversation openly about what I think about, what I want to say. And I think that is the biggest form of empowerment there is, being given the ability to voice out how I feel. And you've done a great job.
1: Always. And Ranil, our doors are always open for you and kudos, hats off to you for taking a stand. Brilliant, thank you. Thank you
0: so much.
1: Hello listeners, welcome back again. Well, that discussion with Indranil will remain extremely dear and special to me because here is this Gen Z, 20 year old, brilliant student, okay? Much more courageous than so many others who are hiding or possibly very carefully crafting their lives to what is right, what is appropriate. And today, what I experienced through Indraniel was a sense of renewed freedom. The freedom to be who you are, the freedom to do what you want, and at the same time, not hurt anyone around you or not be insensitive about anyone around you. I am open to learning from this young professional, from this young student, Are you open to learning from the cues that your society has around you? If you aren't, it's now time to wake up and embrace the change by responding to the signs that the universe has to offer. I acknowledge that adapting to new patterns can be both complex and tough, but not impossible. Many of these emotions play out their own charade, making us feel low and lousy without actually knowing why. Through Clarity, a podcast series designed to create a safe space for conversations and reflections, I feel comfortable exposing my vulnerabilities with you and hope you find a connection, a meaning, and a way ahead just in case you experience something similar. If this episode of Clarity strikes a chord with you, share your story with us on our LinkedIn and Instagram page, Vital Science Consults, or on Twitter at Janvi underscore 8 and look us up at www.whitingscienceconsults.com. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. Our podcasts are available on Apple and Spotify. Until next time, this is Janvi Gurja signing off. Thank you so much for listening and being in the moment with me. Take care of yourselves because each of you is precious.